Ladies and gentlemen, it's HodgePodge time. All right, welcome to the HodgePodge podcast. It is me, D. Hodge, as always. So, thank you for joining in on this episode. Today on the podcast, man, we have none other than Stephen Deloach. Stephen Deloach is John Langston's bass player. Uh, you can catch Stephen and John Langston on tour with Luke Bryan on Luke Bryan's Sunset Repeat Tour. So, me and Stephen chatted up today about growing up on Brooks and Dunn and why the reboot was for the new generation. And he talks about his summer of shirts that he puts on Instagram. He also talks about, you know, growing up in Georgia as Georgia Southern and growing up in Georgia, going to high school and college and then meeting John Langston and going on tour with Luke Bryan and what it's been like then. But basically, we really just chit-chat. We talk how we're not good at Instagram or any social media in that standpoint and all those good things. Um, Does he have a ghost story or does he not? You're going to hear that as well. So before we get into the podcast, I really want to thank you guys for the support on the podcast. We are currently... Booking people for the 200th episode. We are... It's going to be... 200th episode is going to be a gigantic podcast. Um, If it runs three hours, four hours, five, it's going to run that long. Um, It's just going to be a big slobber knocker extravaganza party here. Um, Working on new theme music for the 200th episode. I'm still going to keep the hodgepodge podcast thing. that, That little seven second clip you hear in the beginning of this. That's the theme song. Not really a theme song. But that's what I use. Um, I'm going to work on more of a better um, theme song for the podcast for the 200th episode. We're slowly creeping in on it. Going two episodes now. Um, two episodes a week now. So this is coming up very quickly. So my plan for the podcast is to... For the 200th episode podcast is to have different people come on for about 15, maybe 20, maybe even half an hour and just chit-chat about the podcast and what's going on in life and basically just chit-chat about what we normally wouldn't talk about on a podcast. And that's going to go really well, I think. Um, So one of the biggest podcasts on here, and I want to thank you guys for it, is really really weird to me one of it's called they only want you when they need you and that's one of the biggest podcasts on here that the biggest number of listeners and that's basically me just throwing people under the bus um not not i don't do that i wouldn't throw people under the bus but it finally just boiled and i had to i just threw family under the bus for treating me the way they treated me and all this stuff so Thank you guys for that one. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't going to put that up, but I'm glad I put it up. Um, Kim Cherry's podcast is up, the the um, female from The Voice. Um, the Personal Records podcast with um, Scott McGinnis, that one we did fairly well. That one was almost two and a half hours. That one was a long podcast. He set the record for the longest podcast. So before we get into um, Stephen Deloach's episode... Again, thank you guys for the support of the podcast. Also, go over and check out Big Shrimp Radio. Um, if there's not a new collection of podcasts up, then there's, there will be pretty soon. Um, I don't actually know when because I'm recording this before we even put them up. So, hopefully they're up. If they are up, go listen to them. They're good. I, li- I have to listen to them beforehand. So, there's that. And now, let's go over right now to Stephen Deloach. Steven, what's going on, my man? How you doing? Good. How are you, man? Man, I'm making it. <laughs> I am um, getting over a little cold here, so you might hear me sniffling and clearing my throat a lot, but um, that's one of the reasons why, so I just figured I'd let you know that. <laughs> oh, man, you're fine. You're fine. It's that, type of, it's that time of year, man. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, so how, how does it work for you, like, um... Do you ever just go so much that you finally just crash and then that's when everything, you get sick and everything happens when you finally just take a nap and you actually sleep well? 
man so that happens all the time uh it, it really just depends on on how much I'm on the road I try to stay like somewhat medicated with like vitamin C and sure anything I can find uh to, to keep me well but sometimes that don't always work so how often are you guys on the road um right now we've been on the road at least three or four days a week so I'm usually home uh Monday Tuesday right um, Sometimes we're back out, and I think our last, well, so far this year, I think, I think for the entire year, we've had four, four weeks where we've had off weeks, mm. and then, and then I think uh, our last show for the year is like December fourteenth, I think. Okay. I think it's hard to keep up with <laughs> right now. Right. All right. So. Well, I've been recording because we started talking um, well before I yeah. was going to start. So, um, on the podcast right now, guys, um, appreciate you guys listening in. This is the HodgePodge Podcast. As always, D Hodge here. I got Stephen DeLoach. This guy, it, that's correct, right? DeLoach? Yeah, DeLoach. Okay. You got it right the first okay. time. Okay, I, I was going to, I should have asked beforehand, but I didn't. That, that shows how unprofessional no, I am. <laughs> so you got it, man. Steven Deloach, this guy, he is the bass player for upcoming, um, probably upcoming megastar, I would say, in the country world, John Langston. Um, they are on tour with Luke Bryan on Luke Bryan's Sunset Repeat Tour. Man, that um, that's pretty cool being on tour with Luke. Oh yeah, man, we're having a blast out there. What um? What is? Did you ever think in a million years you'd be torn with somebody like Luke Bryan? Or, or, or was there always, not not being a prick or a dick or saying anything like that, but just being like, man, I, I will be like that someday. I will be up there one day being better than these people here that, you know, that maybe told me I can't do it. I mean, it's always, it's always good to look back and, you know, look at the people that, sounding a little muffled there um which is um it's cool um but i got yeah i get what you're saying you, you never thought that you were going to make it now that you're yeah, making it. yeah um okay there we go. no you no, you're good now it was just i could hear you a little bit and then you would just go off muffle and then you would come back so i didn't know if it was maybe my setup here or you're over there but it's all cool I, i'll get it all figured out i'll have to strengthen audio if i have to okay yeah um so you grew up on Brooks and Dunn, um, of what I've researched. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, absolutely. I'm the same way with you. Um, now, I'm younger than you are. I was born 98, so that makes me 21. And Brooks and Dunn, you know, I, I think the only couple songs Brooks and Dunn that I remember them putting out when I was younger was Red Dirt Road, and then they put out that song Believe. Um, yeah. And But I was not there for like, you know... Boot scootin' boogie or nothing like that. So, how was it right. like growing up and and seeing hearing those songs for the first time, and then those become you know giant hits? Well, I think like growing up with it, you don't uh, you don't necessarily understand growing right. up as yeah. and, you know being a teenager and stuff. You don't understand what it's about until you until you get back and look at it again. Like uh-huh. uh, me and me and our TM uh, JD Groover, like we'll, we will run people out of a bar playing Neon Moon but it just means a lot to us uh, 
I mean, Red Dirt Road, I mean, you don't understand any of that stuff until you go through oh, it. So exactly. I think coming back to it, I think coming back to it, you know, we, like, even even you now listening to Brooks and Dunn, you have a new appreciation for it. Oh, yeah. And especially with, like, their, their reboot deal with, you know, Combs and, in case you must graze. And, I mean, everybody that contributed as uh, features on that record, I think it brings, uh, it brings a new light to them, and I think it's great for, uh, uh, for you know, uh, kids coming up that are that are wanting to hear like real country music or okay. you know just real in general uh, just stories being told. So uh, I think it's a great thing. Right, and 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 I think when they do the reboot album, they're playing to a whole new generation that probably would not listen or even pick up a Brooks Brooks and Dunn record. If they hadn't have heard those with the newer artists, you said like Casey Musgraves and and Luke Combs and whoever Brett Young, whoever else was on those albums, but for a music nerd like me, man, I, I've heard everything. Like all the albums, I've heard everything. And so it's weird for me to see like a 25 year old. You know, they're a little, they're a couple years older than me, and they're like, I have no idea who Kenny Rogers is, and I'm just like. What are you uh, talking Kenny Rogers about? Is probably one of my favorites. Yeah, and, and I'm like, favorites. what are you talking about? Are you just in this big mind fart that you just don't, you know? Are you that close-minded and you have to listen to everything now that you don't like listening to the past or anything like that? You know, it, it's one of those weird things. Uh, well, I mean, people are fans of what they're going to be fans of, and the good the good part is, is music's a lot more easily accessible than it was. I mean, just five six years ago. Right. So, and I think it's going to be more and more accessible. So. I mean that's a great thing. It's keeping you know artists uh, artists alive, then um, that's that's fantastic for music in general. So, you, we 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 were talking music here just a while ago, and um, you were mentioning when you were younger, you never really realized when you were younger what songs were meaning, and when you listen to them now, you're like, man, that song had a strong meaning, and I wish it would have hit me harder when I was younger, you know, and yeah. That's like, um, I was reading this book, it's called Songs of America, it's um, the, the new Tim McGraw book, um, he was writing it about songs that really made America, and I found it interesting, which I kind of knew the backstory behind this song, but I was like, yeah, I don't know if it's true or not, you know, um, it was Born in the USA by Bruce Springsteen, and sure. Springsteen had some, uh, wrote about it in his book, and if you think about it now, everybody's playing it on the 4th of July. Everybody's like, Happy Independence Day. Yeah, we're free and we're playing Born in the USA. But when you look behind the scenes of it, Bruce Springsteen never really wrote it about, I'm happy to be in America, you know? Like, right. It's like a protest song. He's like, We are having, we're supposed to be a hardworking United States of America and you've got these people coming over here and. The rich people aren't helping the poor, and the poor people aren't helping the rich in some way. And then you got people that's earning stuff that they're not even worthy enough to be earning. And he's like, and so now I have to say I'm born in the USA. Like, it's kind of like a sarcastic song. And it was like, right. man. You know, like, when you think about it, you don't, even in the lyrics, it's not really a sarcastic tone, you know. Yeah, absolutely. It's like uh like semi charmed life like yeah. the third half line man. Mm. Go back and listen to those lyrics. It is not yeah. what you thought it was as a kid. Is it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I understand completely, man. So, what I do for these podcasts is I go into this deep. I mean, sometimes I'll spend two or three hours on one artist, and um, I just yeah. go down these deep rabbit holes, and you know, stalk not not in a bad way, but I'll stalk their Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and find all these notes because I don't write questions down but I do want to know somewhere sure. somewhere where I'm going to end up and know a little bit about the person <clears throat> excuse me so you man went to high school and college in Georgia yeah so did you go up in Georgia yeah, I did I did I grew up uh, okay. in a little town called Glenville Georgia right outside of uh, right outside of Statesboro so usually people know whenever I say Georgia Southern uh, about where I'm at um, and that's where I grew up was Glenville. Um, graduated there. I went to school at Austin State for for about a year uh, before I realized 
I was touring and I didn't really need the piece of paper that said, hey, you can go do this. Right. Because uh, I was going to school for jazz performance on guitar. And if I would have finished that degree, I mean, I have no clue where I'd be right now. Probably, right. Uh, I don't know, probably sitting behind a desk at a cubicle somewhere. Uh, but, I, I mean, it's, uh, it's wild to think about. So how hard was it, was it tough for you to, did you know what you wanted to be when you were six, when you were seven, or was it more like when you were 15, 16, you were like, I want to be this, but then you change your major, you know, four years into college, and you have to go another four years. <clears throat> Man, I, I think, I think I had like one defining, like, wow moment, like this is, this is what I want to do, but um, so I was pretty... Uh, I was pretty actively involved in uh, in 4-H, and I know that sounds weird, um, but Georgia 4-H is, is a lot different than other 4-H programs. So in Georgia, you don't just have, uh, I'd say like the agriculture part is like maybe a fourth to an eighth of what the, mm-hmm. what Georgia 4-H, the entire program's about. So I competed uh, playing guitar. There's a huge arts uh, okay. art section of Georgia 4-H. So I, I competed on guitar um, from the, from fifth grade all the way till I was a senior. Mm. Um, but getting back to that wow moment, uh, I, I made I audition for Georgia 4-H's uh, Clovers and Company, okay. which is a performing arts group that uh, University of Georgia uh, College of Agriculture and Environmental Science and Georgia 4-H have, okay. and it's just a group of of 4-Hers from fourth grade all the way to twelfth uh, grade seniors. Mm that make up this uh, this about 30-person group. I think we had 11 in the band when I was there, so we had a full band with, like, a horn section and everything. But the first time I went out on stage with them, I was I was 13 or 14 years old, and mm. curtains opened up in, uh, in the Rock Eagle Auditorium. It was for Youth Summit, I think. It was uh, it was an event called Youth Summit. And you, have, you open up these curtains, and there's five to 800 people, and they're your peers, and... You know, you're getting to play for these folks, uh-huh. and uh, like that initial, that initial butterfly feeling turned into like something addictive, and that's when I knew like that's what I wanted to do. Mm. Uh, but it was it was from that first show because I mean up till that point, you know, I just uh, I just played guitar as a hobby and I didn't really take it serious. Mm. Um, I, I I really was trying to get better just so I could win first at like what, what we call project achievement in 4-H. Um, but I didn't really, I didn't really take anything serious until that moment. And you know, like uh, some of some really, really big stars have come out of Clovers and Company, like Jennifer Nettles. She's a well-known uh, Clovers and Company alumni. Um, Hannah Dasher. She's a she's a great songwriter here in Nashville. She was uh, at Clovers. Uh, same thing with Nikki Deloach and Hillary Lindsay. Like we're all we're all Clovers alum, and uh, I think that says something great for George 4 H. Right. Uh, they've always been supportive of what I've done. So. Definitely shout out to them. You know, that is very odd because I also went to a high school that was an agriculture high school here in Mississippi. Um, and yeah, that that's strange to me because, you know, I, I was in the ag class. I never wanted to compete. I was always that was just, you know, I've always been the germy type of guy. Doesn't mind getting dirty, but I don't want to if I don't have to, you know. And, but... I would see videos and pictures of people going to uh, like conventions and competitions and stuff like that, and there would be full-blown guitar players, and they're having like a like a like a guitar competition. And I'm like, where is this yeah. at here? Why don't we have it here? Because I would be in that nonstop. Because you know, I took guitar lessons for a little while and just stopped because the guy just basically gave up on his dream of teaching people, and so that kind of left me in the dust but I always knew I wanted to do something with music did it matter if I was you know you know because I still write lyrics and they're not they're not perfect lyrics but it's kind of like poems I guess you could call them and I didn't know if I wanted to do that if I wanted to be somewhat of a musician if I wanted to you know and and turns out this was basically the calling was to do a podcast slash long-form interview radio show thing and talk musicians yeah. about my style and about what I like, you know, and, and and that was the deal when I started the podcast. I made a deal with myself. I was like, it, it, I don't know if this makes me sound douchey, but 
if if it is, I'm not trying to sound that way. It's like I'm not going to get anyone on here that I don't that I'm not a fan of. Like, sure, yeah. Like, like and, if like I if mean, like, let's for example, I'm not a fan of the Kardashians. But if if let's say if Kim Kardashian <laughs> was to come to me and be like, "Hey, man, let's do a podcast," it would be hard to deny her to say no because there's no telling what that would do for the podcast. Sure, but you kind of would have to say no because that's that's kind of my rules but always they say rules are meant to be broken so i don't i doubt that's ever going to happen but uh, <laughs> it's just like what right, man. Well, i mean it's it's your product and you can do yeah. what, what uh what you want to with it that's the that's the beauty of oh, yeah. uh that's the beauty of creative arts in general you, you don't you don't have to really adhere to uh anybody's anybody's guidelines i right. mean within reason uh, obviously <laughs> once once you uh once you get out and you know, get into the business aspect of it. There mm-hmm. are some things, you know, you compromise, but, uh, but no, I, I agree with you. Uh, you got that creative control. Yeah, and and I've also had to turn people away, not because, because I know not everybody has the same ear as I do, but I'm pretty sure if you sound bad, and I'm not trying to be a jerk when I say I'm pretty sure if you sound bad to me, Nine times out of ten, you're going to sound bad to someone else, like singing-wise. Sure. And they'll come to me and they'll be like, hey, man, I want to do your podcast. And I'm like, well, send me some samples. Or I'll be like, yeah. okay, cool, I'll check out your, your Instagram. And sometimes they're sometimes they're terrible. Sometimes it needs work. And I will work with, with some of the artists that need work, and, you know, we'll come on here and we'll – I won't really tell them what needs because I'm not a professional. But I'd be like, hey, if this – if you want this to happen, maybe this needs to happen more before that happens, you know, like – yeah, man, and I really think that's a trend in podcasts now. I really do. I mean, I don't know if you're familiar with Ray's Rowdy. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man, like, we see those guys out at shows all the time, and, you know, they're, they're living it, and it, it makes uh, it makes their podcast more believable. I know. I don't know if you have, like, a, uh, <laughs> any sort of, uh, I, I don't know, like, competitor thing going on with them, but, I mean, just, just them themselves, like... Uh, they're, they're often do anyway. <laughs> no, but I, to answer your question, I think they're all. I think all podcasts are competitors. Doesn't matter the genre of the podcast. You know what I mean? Because mine's a music podcast, basically. But I yeah. will talk about whatever I want to on it. Like if I want to have paranormal investigators on, I will have them on. If I want to have comedians on, I'll have them on. But just yeah, just go back home and know the main thing that I'm going to talk about that I'm always going to have on are musicians or songwriters or someone that has worked in the music realm. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I know of the podcast. I've heard it before, but I, no, I'm not familiar with the actual people there. Gotcha. But, yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they're, they're probably a ten times bigger podcast than I am. <laughs> Hey man, no, I'm just I'm saying in general. No, I no, I understand that 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 you know the um, that the content people are trying to put out is yeah. you know like hey this is like we're keeping an ear out for for what we think is going to be huge and then you know whenever it comes <clears throat> when it comes back I mean you know it's uh, it's it's more of like well we told y'all to come back to us you know <laughs> yeah have you ever uh, I think that's a really cool thing yeah have you ever done something and you like let's say for example when you're on stage playing bass let's say you get in your own mindset and have you ever done anything that just pisses people off and you you want to continue doing it because you know it's actually getting for example views or getting listens or something like that and you finally just have to chill out and be like okay I have to listen to the people um, the only person I actively try to piss off is my drummer. Okay. Uh, got uh, yeah, like, it, but it's it's more to get a reaction out of him on stage, um, and he knows it. Mm. Uh, so I mean, typically, I mean, I always, you know, just try to. I don't think there's anything I actively do to try to piss people off aside from aside from Scott. <laughs> but mainly, it's just one of those things. Like, yeah, it's more to make him laugh in a moment. Um, because I mean, he he does if. Uh, if, if you haven't seen any of Scott's stuff, he does a lot with uh, with playback and audio. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's got a lot going on. So I try to I try to make him not not be so serious during shows. But uh, but yeah. You know I uh, 
I was gonna, I was gonna talk about this, but I don't, I don't, I don't like talking about myself too much on the podcast because I got you on. Okay. But, I, but I did the same thing, dude. Like my heroes are Bobby Bones and 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 Howard Stern. Like, yeah. Cut down the middle, of those two, and I and I try to take ideas from each, not copy them, but take their method of interviewing and how they schedule their shows and who they get on. That's not too much of something, and I try to spread it out, and that's what I do. And I remember I took Howard's man. This was rough. This was a rough year for me, dude. Um, a couple years ago, when I first started the podcast, I took Howard Stern's advice, and he his basic advice was, "Who gives an f? If you want to do it, do right. it. Doesn't nobody what nobody says." So I was like, "I'm gonna ask all these hard hitting questions. If I make you cry, screw it." You know, that was just in right. that mindset because I was like, I'm going to be the next Howard Stern. You know, that was that was that was what I wanted to achieve. And dude, you'll sure. not remember, you will not believe how many people either hung up on me or were like, this was the most this was the worst interview I've ever had or you got too personal. And it was just like, I'm hurting people's feelings, but but I'm not doing it on purpose. Yeah. I'm doing it cuz I'm trying to be the most believable and the most realist podcast out there without having to edit anything you know and then now yeah. you know a couple years later you know you learn like you learn guitar you're way better than you were two years ago and in two years from now you'll be ten times better than what you are now and it's yeah everything I, takes practice I, I mean, found my everything does. found my niche and now it's like now these people want to come to me now these actual people want to have hour and 30 minute two hour podcasts with me because now I found my niche and but that that I guess you could call it dickness or jerkness was probably within the first three or four months, and I just finally had to cut it out because my name was getting around that this guy's a jerk, and and it wasn't right. it, it wasn't intentional. It was just I'm gonna do it, and if you don't like my questions, you can you know it was <laughs> it was one of those things. Yeah. Where it's just like man. Yeah, I mean, you have your own version of uh, of your horse blinders, man. Like, whatever. I mean, you got to focus on what you want to do. And uh, and the thing is, is, it sounds like you learned from, from a result and you wanted to make something different, so you did. So you, you got a solution to whatever uh, whatever problem you're having. And, you, you know, you got... Yeah, it was you, weird. You it was like... Now, so that, that's awesome. It was like I was learning from that learning moment. Like, it was... <laughs> like you were learning yeah. how to do it, but then you learn... Not to do, not to learn that way. Yeah. (coughs) So, um, also some more things that I pulled off of your, uh, and I think, I found this very interesting because I did the same thing, cried at the end of Toy Story 3. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, yeah, you you hit my Instagram, yeah. Yeah. Man, let me, let me tell you something, I am so bad at social media. Yeah, Uh, I am too. I am so bad at social media. I, uh... (laughs) Like, so the only reason uh, I've been posting as of late is, like, I have this thing that I've been doing, uh, Summer of Shirts. Yeah, I was going to talk so about I have, that. Uh, oh, I got you. <laughs> uh, I mean, I just have different shirts for every city uh, that we're in uh, for the Sunset Repeat Tour. Uh, and I think I'm, I may extend it out a little bit longer because I'm going to have a few shirts left over. Um, okay. And just keep going. But, yeah, I mean, if it wasn't for doing that, like, you wouldn't see any posts from me. Um, like John, uh, John and JD, uh, they're they're both uh, big advocates for for me trying to pump up my social game. Uh-huh. Uh, so I, I think I posted like the first story to Instagram. Like I, I'm all about technology, but I'm the oldest man when it comes to social media. You know, I'm the same way. I don't have to post anything because. Sure, I want to be in the world. I want to be in the realm of knowing what's going on with everybody's personal life. I, I'm nosy like yeah. that. But for me, I don't have to post anything, and I'm perfectly fine. But, you know, now having this podcast, it's like you're, you're, you're promoting your, your Instagram and stuff. You have to at least put stuff on there. So m- oh, most, yeah. most of my posts are like, on the podcast today is this guy, you know, or, or this chick, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like for businesses and, yeah. and music, and just, I mean anything. I mean to have a social presence uh, mm-hmm. online mm-hmm. is it, necessary now. Like it, it's like a, it's a requirement. <laughs> it feels like. So, have you been with John Langston from the start, or did you get later on in? No, so um, so I've been with Langston for about two and a half years now. Okay, uh, 
and I think really, uh, so Brad, uh, our guitar player, he's the one that's been there uh, from from day one. Okay. Uh, but I think all of us have been with with, uh, with Langston for for at least at least two to three years now. So, so I mean, Brad's we're the kind favorite. Also, yeah. <laughs> what is it? I said so. Brad's the favorite. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, no. It's. Uh, I, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> We we all have uh, we all have our different spots. Right. We, we all have our different uh, different characteristic and virtues for for our camp. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, when how did you? And if I get too personal, just let me know because I don't know how any of no, these how any of these things work. So, like I mentioned, you're on tour with Luke Bryan now for the Sunset Repeat Tour. Yeah. You're the bass player for John Langston. So. Who gets the call, and I'm trying to figure out how to word this, so there might be a little bit of dead air. So, who gets the call from Luke Bryan's people that says, You're, we want you on the tour, and are you all notified at the same time, or is John just like, okay, we need to sit down, do we want to do this tour? How did that work? Well, so in the... Uh in our case, it's a little bit different, okay. uh, and we talk about this uh, on the road a little bit. But it's it's a question of like, when are we ever going to see a tour like this again? Okay, uh, not necessarily like in in terms of size, but in terms of family. Because I mean, we've known Luke's camp and Cole's camp for for years now, okay. Um, okay. mainly because we're we're all managed by the same person, which okay. typically uh, KP Entertainment uh, manages. Uh, us, Cole, Luke, several others, right. uh, but you never see like one management team like take just everybody out on the road. Uh, that, that never happens. Like it, the stars just don't align like that. Uh, but as far as like who gave us the call, it was uh, Luke himself called okay. uh, called Langston, and uh, I think we were we were playing a show in Virginia Beach, and uh, Langston just comes in and, like. Guy uh, grinning ear to ear, he's like, "All right, boys, the boss man just called. Uh, y'all get ready this summer. We're going on tour with him, and we and we just kind of looked at each other, just like dead silent, like nothing. Everybody's like, this, this is a joke. This is a really sick joke because we, uh, <laughs> at that point, like we were already snowed in before it took us. It took us like 24 hours to get home from uh, from Virginia Beach to Nashville." I mean that week was. I mean that weekend was just dragging by, and uh, and that was just like the silver lining. So we knew, you know, during um, it may have even been before Christmas last year that we were going to be on the tour. And then obviously, you know, all their marketing, like the marketing team comes in and they they make sure they, uh, the best way to market it, and you know, make it suspenseful. Like, oh, he's going to be on tour league this year, um, and. You know they had that whole that whole deal, and you, you probably saw the Instagram photo right. whenever it got announced. You know yeah. Cole and uh, and and Langston like behind them. So, but yeah, so as far as like who called us, it was uh, Luke calling Langston. So you guys were actually playing a show, and then he had John Langston just John had just come in and was like, "Hey, we're going on tour with this." Basically, yeah. I mean that that's right. exactly how that happened. He said. Uh, Hey boys, get ready to be busy this summer. Okay. Um, and, and we were like, let's let's go, let's go, let's do it. You know, I'm always interested about that stuff, but I'm always scared to ask certain people. You know, because you you get some people and they're like, you know, that that's that's a, that's a jerk question. But you're not trying to act like a jerk question. You're just no, trying, no, you're just trying mean, to act, ask the most questions that everybody probably would be interested in wondering as well. Yeah. No, for sure. So, you guys stay, does, does John have a bus, like you guys are staying on all in one bus, or is John, he has two buses, one for the band and one for himself? No, so, I mean, we're we're kind of in, we're in like the growing pains part right, of, right. of the whole operation. Right. So, uh, so we don't have, uh, it's kind of like, it's, uh, granted, I don't know a ton about all of this, um, I know, you know, when we have bus calls, we kind of go there and see what we see what we got. Like okay. we have, we'll have different buses for different week or weeks, or if, uh, or sometimes, you know, we're we're flying to shows that are farther away. And uh, I mean, we've we've vanned it for forever. 
we always joke around like the night game is one of my favorite bands that's out right now mm-hmm. um so anytime anytime we go in a 15 passenger van i I'd like blare back in the van um mm. so i mean it's uh it, it, it's one of those like growing pain things uh but for the most part i'd say especially with this tour we're, we're mainly bus and then uh it's just figuring out the details in between uh and that's what our uh, what our TM does, and, and make sure we get to place to place. Now I want to ask another question, and man, if anything if anything I ask just gets too personal, or you're not allowed to talk about, it, man, just say can't talk about it, and I will drop it quickly. Um, that's usually how I do. Yeah, that works. So I understand how an artist, when they're paid, they have to pay ten percent to the management, five percent to this, six percent to that. Is that work for the band members as well? Like when you guys get paid, is ten percent going to this, six percent going to that? Um, I wouldn't really say percentages. I think okay. everybody uh, is just like an agreed number for the most part. And then okay. like if people work up for DM. Uh, but I think that varies between every artist. Okay. I mean, that's, it's not a, it's not like a set thing. Um, I mean, unless you're like union or something. Uh, but I think it's just kind of what you, what you agree to with an artist, if it's per show or, or a salary or, okay. or, or whatever. Um, like I said, whatever you decide, it's more of a, uh, more of like a compromise, like between the two, like a, uh, like some sort of contract. I mean, not really a signed contract. I mean, like me and Langston, we shook hands and had a beer at Wild Wings, <laughs> and that was, uh, and that was, that was our terms. It was great terms. Okay. All right. Cool. That that basically that answers my question. I was just because yeah. Sometimes I want to get too personal, but then I like I try not to. But then it's like, well, man, well, tell me about this and this and this and this, and then you obviously can't go into that much details, you know, because like like a yeah. lot of things, it's all contractor. Like you, 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 your your mouth is basically sealed when you when that pen touches that line, you know, and so sure. And I understand that a lot of people. So you, man, you are engaged. I don't know if you want me to say the person, yeah. so I'm not going to. But you are engaged. How did you meet this this female? Yeah. How did you meet this woman? Yeah, so, um, Hannah, uh, okay, we Hannah. actually met, <laughs> yeah, Hannah, okay. yeah, like, we, uh, we met down in Valdosta while I was there, um, it was after I'd already, uh, already packed up, uh, and said, you know, I'm not <coughs> doing the school thing anymore, um, I was playing shows, and I, I met her at a show, uh, down in Valdosta, she was, um, her best friend was dating one of my friends at the time, um, and we just kind of, yeah, we hit it off, and neither one of us were really looking for a relationship, and we ended up in one. So, you know, six years, almost seven years later, here we are. Nice, man. <laughs> and I hope the, <laughs> that's everything in a nutshell. Cool, man. No, I, I like that. It's just, it's weird for me, because I've never really had a girlfriend or anything like that. It's just, I've always been so determined to get my stuff done before any of that happens. Like, I don't, I went to therapy one time, the guy was like, but are you using that as an excuse? Not really, because say if I was to get someone now, you know, you probably couldn't afford, not in a bad way, but you probably couldn't take care of the person as well as you would like to. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I like to get to a standpoint where I'm like, okay, I'm settled. I have this. I have this. Now I can do it. No, man. I mean, I get that completely because I was uh, I was very similar to the same way with her. Uh, I mean, we talked about it. She has, uh, you know, she had goals she wanted to, she wanted to do. Her goals like kind of changed because we moved up here. Uh, that like that wasn't the in the plan for her. Um, but she came up here with me to to support uh, what I was doing. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I ever since I've been in Nashville, I've worked uh, I've worked multiple jobs, and mm-hmm. I, like even even now, like even now, I still work. Uh, not necessarily because I have to, but like I, when I want to, I try to save and I, I want to be cash. able to do my own stuff. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, like right now, I'm a regional manager for uh, for a third party labor company called Premium Retail Services. So, okay. uh, right now, I'm managing like uh, I think I have twelve different states that I manage right now, okay. uh, and about sixty to a hundred employees on any given day. Nice man. That that is yeah really working well for you, dude. Yeah, it, I, it's it's exhausting at times, and uh, right. everybody in my campus is tired of uh, is tired of hearing conference calls. But uh, 
uh, if you ever see me with a Bluetooth in my ear and <laughs> in ear the other during sound check, I'm 100% on a conference call. Dude, um, one of the worst <laughs> jobs I've ever had, and one of the just wear you out. I used to work at the post office. Um, mm-hmm. Couple, mm, probably. Man, I hate to say it, but I quit that job. <laughs> I hated it so much, dude. Like, but the thing was, they knew I had this because this I consider this another job because I'm constantly yep. doing working on it and stuff. So I was like, hey, I got a a second job and. You're going to have to work around my schedule. They were like, okay, cool. You're hired, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, man, I'm going to get to do the podcast and also work. Because when you go to the uh, post office, you're only scheduled one one real day. But they might need you two or three days to help take packages or whatever it may be. But, dude, yeah. they would – at 2 o'clock in the morning, you're usually sleeping. Am I right or am I wrong? Well – I'm usually still awake at two, okay. but it's just it's just the way my body's been conditioned from years of playing clubs and uh, waiting on waiting on bus calls. Well, for me, two o'clock. I'm usually I'm usually out by nine thirty, ten o'clock at night, and then I, I you know I gotcha. I'm, I'm up at seven, eight, something like that. But on those days, you know, I'd just be wore out and sleeping, and so around two o'clock, and I didn't get up to about ten o'clock that morning, and I get a text message sixteen unread messages and I was like man what's happened you know and the um, supervisor of the post office was like where are you at you were supposed to be here at 6 blah 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 and then I look at my messages my older message from 2 o'clock that morning and it says hey postmaster needs you to work okay why couldn't you either tell me that night or call me at 7 o'clock the next morning and let me know <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? It was just like one of them, why are you letting me know at 2 o'clock and then you're going to chew me out at 8 o'clock when you send it at 2 o'clock in the morning, you know? Right. It's weird. <laughs> and I wasn't. I mean, home call jobs like that, man. It's, 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 the, it's the nature of the beast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, I'm a big, before I get into, I do these things called mind bitters, dude, and they just... They're kind of not really hard questions, but they're make you think. And I want to get into those in here in just a little bit. Um, but first, okay. I've seen something. Are you a fan of Elvis at all? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I am one of the biggest Elvis fans. Like, I know every story, I've read every book. I don't think he's dead or he, he didn't die in 77. So, But did you see the story that came out yesterday about Elvis's doctor? No, I haven't. I haven't really caught up on anything from from the weekend. Okay. Well, if 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 you'd like, I, I could tell you what what's actually happening. Yeah, sure, go for So, my friend Eric and podcast partner, he does a podcast on my network. He um texted me and was like, "Dude, check this out." And I said, "Okay." And I opened my phone up, and it said, "Elvis's doctor says Elvis is alive. Didn't die in '77." So I was like. What is this all? You know, I figured it was some kind of trash website, you know, those that spread false reports and stuff. And so I read it, and basically it stated that Elvis's doctor back in 77, it's in all the books, every book you read, the doctor was there at Elvis's house and rode with Elvis in the ambulance to the hospital. Well, in a recent documentary, the doctor was re-interviewed and was telling the story and now the doctor says he was at the hospital and was working and heard Elvis had come in and ran from two stores two floors down to where Elvis was at and he was dead and so now I'm thinking wait a minute so either something's happening here or the books are lying to hide something up or is the doctor really does he have some sort of Alzheimer's you know, <laughs> man, stuff like that uh, you you probably probably never know. Yeah, well, you, just, it's, it's, you'll never know. Like, why can't you go upstairs in Graceland? My my point of view, Elvis is still up there, but you would you're never gonna figure it out because they're never gonna let anybody up there. Right. So <laughs> it's just one of those things. I know I'm blabbing a lot, man, and I do apologize. No, nah, This is your podcast. No, nah. <laughs> so, nah, you're good. You're good. All right, mind benders time. Like I said, these are just um, 
I usually get in this about half of the podcast, but we've been talking about 40 minutes, and um, okay. I know your plane is, uh, you were, re- what was it, delayed? When when, you, when, you, when is your flight? Um, no, my, my flight is today. Yep. Yep. Okay. So, alright, let's go with the first mind bender. These are just thinkers, make you think for a little bit. So okay. what favorite line from your favorite movie? Oh man! Um, well, first thing you should know is <laughs> I am terrible with movies. Okay, I am absolutely terrible with movies. Um, God, uh, I'm trying to think of something that I can say on here. Hey, man, you can say whatever you want. If you want to curse, go ahead. I don't care. No, I, I need to say something that where, where the, the, your listeners won't judge me for the rest of their lives. Oh. Um. Well, man, my, my favorite movie is Meet the Parents, so there's no judgment okay. here. <laughs> man, I'd say... I'd say uh, oh, man. That's, that's tough. Uh, honestly, I'm just going to go with, my, with like... Uh, with a sitcom man like Scrubs is my favorite okay. sitcom um, okay. and any any of Dr. Cox's rants is like one of my favorite things I can, I can watch that any day of the week um, anything like where the janitor's like no French I mean all of that <laughs> I, I love it more than I should uh, my in-ears actually because uh, I'm such a big sitcom fan like my in-ears one side is says I'm no Superman from, from Scrubs and the, other, and the other side is I'll be there for you from friends. Uh, from friends. Yeah. <laughs> Celebrity yeah, crush. So I'll have to cop out and say sitcoms. Cool. Celebrity crush. Oh man. Um. That's a good one too. Uh, I've been doing making people say male and female, but I think some people are weirded out when I say that. So let's just go celebrity crush, either male or female. Okay. Um, or if so, you want to do male and female, it doesn't matter to me. I've, I've watched a lot of Forgetting Sarah Marshall lately, so probably Kristen Bell. Dak Shepard's wife. And then if I had male, like probably Ryan Reynolds. See, that's mine exactly. Because the way he looks, See, he's exactly. jacked, he's funny. You know, it's just like, man, that dude is so disciplined for himself that it's probably not even hard for him to, like, say no to a piece of candy or a piece of cake. You know what I mean? Like, he's probably just like, no. Sure. And doesn't even care, just shrugs it off. Sure. <coughs> so, um, everybody knows my celebrity crush on here, so uh, <laughs> just mark that off on the list. <laughs> Mine, um, Scarlett Johansson, without a doubt. Oh, nice. Very good. So, um, something... Black so, what, what? What'd you say? That's a Black Widow. <laughs> oh my God! Yes. <laughs> Have you seen those movies by chance? Are you a Marvel fan? Yeah, yeah, I am. Oh man, we get into another realm of questions. <laughs> what? Uh, have you seen Endgame? Yep, I have. What'd you think about that? I I thought it was probably the like even even with time travel plot holes or anything. I never keep up with anything, any of the time travel plot holes. Yeah. Um, just because you, you can't let that get in the way. It was such a good movie. It, wrapped, it tied up everything you want to see tied up. Yeah. Um, and it started, you know, this next phase they're going to do. So I'm just excited to see what they're going to do next. Well, well let me ask know, you this. I don't know how they're going to top it or even come close to Oh, God, no. Like Phase that. four is not going to be near as bad as good as the first three phases. Like... You never know. You got to give it a shot. You got to give it a shot to see if it is or not. So you got to at least give them a chance. What struck me as I thought was stupid, not really stupid, it didn't, it made the least amount of sense for me, was when Hawkeye and Black Widow, when they were at where they had to get whatever stone it was and one had to sacrifice herself. Soul Stone. Soul Stone. It didn't make a nearby sense to me. Hello, podcast. Welcome to Stephen Deloach, the nerd. <laughs> I didn't get I didn't understand why Black Widow had to die and not Hawkeye because for me it would have made 
perfectly more sense if Hawkeye would die for his family. I mean, I understand Black Widow had nobody, but that's, you know, one thing where I'm just like, well, this just makes no sense. I have I have no answer for that. Like, I really don't. I, I enjoyed I enjoyed the entire thing. Me too. So I, I wanted to <laughs> yeah, I I can't complain because they wrapped it up very well, and they and yeah, even though it was three hours, dude, they probably could have made another three hours long, and I probably would have sat there without leaving the seat. Uh, honest to God. Oh yeah, same same. I'd agree with that. And people were like, three hours? That's too long." It felt like it. No, it didn't. It honestly felt shorter. It felt like at least an hour and a half to me because because right. I'm big no, fan. I agree with you. <clears throat> All right, so some more mind benders here. Um, something, okay. every, something everyone needs that no matter the cost. What do you mean? Uh, what is something? What, what is something everybody needs, in your opinion, no matter the cost? Um. Uh, do people usually answer these faster? Because no. I feel like I'm, I'm way overthinking your question. No, no, there was there was one person that took at least three minutes on one question, and I was like, "You can just say pass, and we can go along to the next one. <laughs> no big deal." Nah, man, I would say uh, just because I enjoy it so much, I, I'd say everybody needs at least uh, whether they buy one or just like spend some time uh, spend some time in one, but any sort of like single engine plane. Okay. Uh, just because it's, uh, man, it's one of the best films in the world. Uh, that, and, and it's convenient. You can travel where you want to go uh, within reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, it's just one of uh, one of my buddies back home, uh, his name's Hugh, he used to tell me, uh, he's like, man, it's the, it's the funnest you'll have with your pants on. Okay. That was uh, <laughs> so Anytime somebody says anything about general aviation, I think of Himacola, so... All right, cool. Um, your midnight snack, or just a snack that if you have it, you can't just have one; you have to have it all. Boiled peanuts. Boiled peanuts. Though you want the Cajun or the regular? Oh, like if I'm at a gas station, I'll, I'll mix them up. I, okay. I'll do half and half. Um, if if I just get to pick what I want, like there's nothing better than like freezing boiled peanuts. Oh man! And then, uh, and then you know, when the next football season comes around, breaking them out on Sunday and just having some of like grandma's <laughs> bull peanuts like that's yeah, dude. We just let them fall out. <coughs> I like them cold. We did that last year. Went and bought a whole sack of green peanuts and boiled mm-hmm. them in just one single pot, and it took all day. Maybe even took two days. And you take these gallon Ziploc bags. You put them to the realm, you take the air out, then you put them in the freezer. Dude, we probably still have yep. at least a dozen bags in the, in our freezer. Like, seriously. like Because yep. you just forget about it, and then you get some in a can, you know, maybe at Walmart or something. You're like, why would I get these? I have some in the freezer, and there's more, way more in there than in the can, you know. just. Oh, yeah, man. And uh, that's that's probably like, that's, uh, that's probably on the high on the list of things that will piss my drummer off. Is the smell of bold peanuts really uh, in in a confined area? Okay, <laughs> I can understand that because they do kind of have a, in, have a stench to them, but nothing. But yeah, if you're in a van or something or a car and you're yeah. eating them, yeah, I can understand that. But nothing that I would you know get aggravated or ticked off about. Oh no, I, no, I'm really intentional about getting on his nerves. Okay, I'm sure when he listens to this, he's gonna he's gonna okay. be laughing on the other end. Okay. <laughs> Um, your favorite TV show when you were younger and then now? Uh, when I was younger, uh, when I was younger, I really, uh, really liked Boy Meets World, and it's one of those, like, the first mm-hmm. done things, man. Uh, right. I'm still a big fan of Boy Meets World, uh, but it means, like, I just rewatched the entire series not too long ago. Right. Um, and it's like, oh my god! Like all the all the life lessons that were yeah. on here. That you know, like the world's crazy now, and you have you have some of these Mister Feeny one-liners, and you're just like, oh my god! Like right. this was the stuff that we had on TV back then. That's that's insane. 
so I mean, Boy World is it was way out there for me uh, when I was younger. Um, still is now, but probably my favorite sitcom right now um, to this day is Scrubs. Scrubs, okay. Never, never. TV, yeah. That's that's with um, uh, Bra- Zach Braff. Zach Braff. Zach Braff. Yep. <clears throat> so did you see? Disney Channel, I have a younger sister, so she watched Girl Meets World. Did you ever watch that or try to check it out? No, I didn't. I mean, I, I, I love that it's like a, uh, I'm like a purist when it comes to that stuff. Like, if they ever came up with Friends Reunion, I wouldn't watch it either. Like, as big of a Friends yeah. fan as I am, because, like, yeah. it, it ended so perfectly. Yeah. So. What, um... I agree with you. It's like, why make a reunion and ruin the series? Because that can happen. Like, the Roseanne, when they when they redid Roseanne, because I like Roseanne. I'm not the biggest fan of Roseanne, but I'm a fan of 90s yeah. sitcoms, and I watch Roseanne. But when all that crap happened with Roseanne... Roseanne had one of the most depressing sitcom ending of all time. Like, the most, that's the most depressing sitcom ever. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. So... Yeah, Watch the ending and you'll see what I mean. Like it, it, it's crazy. No, I understand. I've seen, like I've seen, I've seen every episode of Boy Meets World. It, it has been a while, but um, yeah. So this is not, this is not on the mind bender, but we got into endings of TV shows. So what in your mind is the worst ending or a couple of worst endings for TV sitcoms for you that you uh, that you've seen? Community. Okay, uh, never seen community. It. It's. Um, Joel McHale, like you probably know him from like the Stoop, right? Uh, he's the, he's the, he stars in that. Fantastic, fantastic, fantastic sitcom that like just got put up against so many huge shows like on like CBS. Like they got put up against like Big Bang, so they they ended up switching their network time like four times. They oh. lost they lost like they lost some of their actors. Had to put in new stories, and then like uh, like Yahoo bought them like the last season just to give people an ending, but it it was one of those, like, you hated to see what they did from the first season yeah. to the last. Um, also, uh, in that same category is Scrubs. Okay. Uh, because the real ending of Scrubs is the end of season eight. Season nine, like, even, like, even, like, Zach Braff and everybody on Twitter will be like, <laughs> there's only eight seasons, what are you talking about? There wasn't a season nine. Okay. So... So, in the same sense, my favorite show also, if you watch every season they ever made, that had the worst quote-unquote ending, but we don't talk about season nine if you love Scrubs. It, it just, it didn't exist. Okay. So, so, when you, so when you, when you watch Scrubs, you're, personally, you're only watching it from season one to eight. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. 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 I understand. For me, one of the worst endings in sitcom history, now you might disagree, was Full House. And I'll, okay. and I'll tell you why. Okay. When you end a show and you know the show was ending, mm-hmm. you take it out with a bang. You make it the best episode possible. But for Full House, sure. Michelle lost her identity and she got it back. And all they acknowledged was Uncle Joey says, well, now we're a family again. Well, we've always been that. And then it goes off. And I'm like, what is this? What are we watching? Like, I respect that yours was Full House. I, I do respect that that, uh, <laughs> that you went Full House for yours. Man, I love Full House. I love King of Queens. I love Everybody Loves Raymond. I love all this stuff like that, man. Oh yeah. Also, Roseanne had a terrible ending, and then that that's where I think they effed up. Like at the end of the '90s, Roseanne Dan died when he had the heart attack. And the whole yeah, and the rest then of the season, she's like a novelist in her basement, like right about the way she wishes her family yes. would have been, and like the last and four seasons like, were about like that. That's terrible. Yeah. And then they brought a reboot back, and the whole book she was writing in the old one was a lie, and he didn't die. And I'm I'm confused. And then now, when the thing happened with Roseanne and she got fired, and they took her show off, they rebooted the show to the Connors. And now Roseanne has died in the show, and I'm so confused. Like, I yeah, I can't, I can't follow it. I, I can barely follow like my life, much less yeah, like, it's much less all of that change. <laughs> I'm so I was like, I'm confused too. Like, I watched the first couple of episodes of the new of the when the Roseanne was rebooted. It was just like the old one, 
But then when they got to the last yeah. season and figure out she died, I was I was just confused and I was checked out. I was like, probably the worst 90s sitcom we've had in my opinion because it has so many plot holes and turns and you were just confused. Right. So, um, what are you watching um, on Netflix now? Like, are you watching anything on Netflix or Hulu? Man, other than, uh, I mean, I, I habitually watch, like, King of the Hill or, okay. or like, Friends reruns or, okay. uh, or, or, I mean, it's, it's mainly reruns just because I, I don't, I don't want to get caught up, uh, binge-watching a show. I think I love Breaking Bad, mm-hmm. uh, but I haven't, I haven't watched any of it because I'm afraid I'm gonna, like, start binging it and then just completely, completely mm-hmm. miss out on, okay. um, on things I need to focus on. So once I get some downtime, I know I got I know I got several things that that'll be in the pipeline to watch. Cool man. Um. So before we get out of here, I got a couple more questions because we're going on almost an hour here, and I don't want to keep you too long. Um, yeah, no worries. Favorite album of all time, or al- album or albums. You can have a couple, but I always say album because to me, I don't know. I always say album, but you can have a couple. I got gotcha. you. Um, honestly, probably probably my favorite album that made that made the biggest impact in like the way that I wanted to start playing guitar because I'm a guitar player by trade. Um, mm-hmm. Bass bass came second, and I, the only reason I was playing bass was because I did studio work, and I got asked to be to come out on the road. Literally went out and like bought bass gear, go into a gig so I could play live. Okay, um, <laughs> but. Uh, the the most influential for me because I was like I love the way that guitar sounds, love the way everything's playing. Um, was Room for Squares. Uh, oh my god, dude! Holy crap! We talk about an album. Yeah, Room for Squares because uh, that changed like that changed the game for me. I'm like, okay, I'm nothing but a strap player now. Uh, <laughs> I want I want my guitar to sound like that all the time. And then you know I just. Huge John Mayer fan oh, uh, from then from then on out, and just yeah. kept kept watching what he was doing because I was such a big Stevie Ray Vaughan fan. Uh, sure. Anyways, that when he came out, I was like, oh my gosh, this guy's this guy's got it. I mean, he was doing like any given Thursday, he would you know do that Lenny mix. Well, well, Stevie Ray like, Vaughan is John Mayer's hero, so it was great. Yeah, Stevie Ray Vaughan is John Mayer's hero, so there's. The, yeah, the, there's really a reason there's a resemblance there, in my opinion. But yeah, man. Yeah, absolutely. John Mayer for me is my favorite artist of all time. Continuing oh, really? from John Mayer is my favorite album of all time. Like, oh, dude, okay. it, it's he was the first person to say, "Hey, I think Heavier Things is really underrated." Too. Heavier Things is really underrated. I love, I love that album. That you, was, you know. Uh, there's another one that is really underrated, and it didn't get the praise it needed. Was Paradise Valley? Yeah, that was, that was another good. That one, one was fantastic, and I, I was like, "What is this? Like, why is this one on the worst John Mayer album of all time? This one was fantastic." <laughs> <laughs> it, but I just think John Mayer just has this. He changes a lot like his music style so I think they just don't know where to categorize him or where to put him like for well, a while that's what I respect so much about it yeah. you never know what it's going to be and then uh, you, you know it, um, it's really inspiring because it's like man this guy's done it for a while like oh, yeah. I can I can figure out something like if, if, if he's doing it I can I'm not John Mayer but I can figure something out like he, he's proof that you know you can, you can stay current and stay original um, and not lose you know, not lose your, lose what you had uh, to begin, uh, to begin with. Yeah, he's just a downright lyric genius. Like, I mean, <laughs> he's the Thor of writing music and lyrics because he can just place this one little syllable and it can just change the whole mood of the song. And you're like, what am I listening to? I thought I was listening to John Mayer. Now I'm listening to to B.B. King or, you know what I mean? Or I'm listening yeah. to uh, freaking Kiss. You know, sometimes some, some songs of his sound rock and rollish. Some some sound countryfied because he did have that um, country song on country radio for a while. And I think that's kind of where people are like, I don't know where to put you. And I think that's kind of why he gets single-handed out a lot of the times. Right. 
No, I'd, I'd agree with that. So, man, we're getting to the last question here. Um, yeah. I ask this all the time, every podcast I ask it, because I'm just as big. I like conspiracy theories. I like thinking. I like the paranormal. I like something different. So if you don't have one, sure. that's fine. Do you have a ghost story or something that's happened to you that you can't explain? Um, I don't. I think so. Okay. Um, I mean, I have I have crazy tour stories that um, that definitely has mainly mechanical problems uh, that that have happened, but nothing uh, nothing just otherworldly that's uh, that's happened to me. That was like creepy or, or otherwise. Okay, cool, man. Uh, so um, <laughs> appreciate you doing this. Um, I took hour, a little over an hour of your time. Now you can take all the yeah, time you need right. from me. Uh, plug anything you got, social media, whatever you want to plug. Go ahead and plug it. Yeah, man. So um, if anybody wants to follow me, um, Instagram is like my main way of, uh, of communicating anything that's going on. Um, and it's at S-T, and then my last name, Deloach, at S-T-D-E-L-O-A-C-H. Um, also, um, I, I've been working, me and, uh, me, Brad, our, uh, our guitar player, and, uh, the guy named Jonathan Roach out of, uh, uh, out of Johnson City. Uh, we also run a studio where we've been, uh, been helping people kind of develop sound and, uh, do everything from help write albums to or EPs, singles, uh, to to mastering. Uh, I mean, we've we've been doing that for a while now, and that's called Soundcastle Productions. Uh, so we kind of do like run the middle, do it all. So we've helped people like uh, like Noah Hicks, Dylan uh, Marlowe, Brian Fuller, or three of them that we've uh, that we've had in the pipeline right now, and I think they're going to do awesome things and. If you haven't checked out their music, not just because we did it, but because I think they really have something to offer, uh, go check them out because they're they're great. Man, Stephen, I do appreciate it, dude. Appreciate you doing this for me. Oh yeah, absolutely. Thank you. I'm sorry we had to reschedule so many times, but it was. Uh, it, I know it was tough for both of us. No, <laughs> um, before we, no. Before we get off here, um. Hodgepodge Productions, the Hodgepodge Podcast, Big Shrimp Radio, all my family. We are, uh, you're in our thoughts, you're in our prayers, man. His, uh, Steven's aunt just passed away, so we were gonna reschedule, but then he was like, never mind, my plane got delayed, so I do appreciate you taking time out of this hard time, because I know how hard it is, and, uh, just let you know that yeah, no. we're all in our thoughts here at Hodgepodge Productions. Hey, I appreciate that so much, thank y'all. Hey, 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 y'all, and it's Big Shrimp, host of Big Shrimp Radio of Big Shrimp Entertainment. Y'all like what you're hearing right now? If so, go follow us on our socials at I am Mr. Dylan Hodge at Hot Spots Podcast on Instagram. Also, Hot Spots Podcast so on Facebook. And I am at Big underscore Shrimp underscore ENT on the Instagram and at Big Shrimp Entertainment on the Facebook. Also, go give us a five-star review on what you're listening to right now, Apple Podcast. Contact us at time. This podcast is brought to you by Hodgepodge Productions. Enjoy and frown this. Mm-hmm.